Thank you for joining us for today's message. We believe God is going to do great things in your life. If God has impacted you through this ministry, partner with us in reaching others. Go to summitsa.com and give an amount that works best for you. Now enjoy the message and have a blessed day. What's dragging you down? And I want to encourage you to let go of whatever's holding you back. How many of you have ever been to an airport and watched an airplane come in for a landing? Just give me an idea. Come on. It's an open book quiz. When an airplane comes in for a landing, it comes in what pilots call dirty. We got a picture. Gear down. Flaps down. He's slowing down. And when he hits the runway, he'll kick up the spoilers, which reduce the lift on a wing by being abrasive against the air. He's doing everything he can to drag that sucker down to a stop. So it's called drag. Now, when he wants to take off, he's got to re re reverse everything. So I think we have another picture here. Now, when he takes off, he pulls that gear up. He brings the flaps back in, the leading edge come back up, obviously no spoilers, engines are full power, and he's going to fly high and clean because he's reduced or eliminated the drag. If you want to soar high, if you want to move faster, if you want to reach higher potential, you have got to reduce drag. And a lot of you are carrying a lot of drag. And God wants you to cut that off. Let it go. And everything dragging you down is not sin. It can be a lot of unnecessary things that just drain you or drag on you. So look with me in Hebrews chapter 12 this exciting morning. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Well, it is for me. The Bible compares life to a marathon race. It's an endurance race to see who finishes. Serious runners, Olympians, always strip down when running a marathon. You never see them run a marathon with a backpack. They don't carry their kids on their back. In fact, even the material that Nike and Adidas and all of the sports companies use is micro-thin. It's as thin or thinner than lingerie. They don't want weight. Because after 15 or 16 miles, every ounce weighs a pound to the human body. So they won't wear socks, generally. Some of the experts will shave the leather down on their shoe again to reduce drag and weight. So God tells us that's the way he wants us to run the race of life, with as few limiting distractions and hindrances as possible. Reduce the drag. And I want to go over maybe three main drags that God wants us, all of us, to remove from our lives as we go into 218 uh, from 2017. Hebrews 12 verse 1, that's our verse. We must get rid of everything that slows us down. And sometimes, ladies, guys, is a person. Dump the sucker. Yeah. So get rid of everything that slows you down, especially the sin that won't let go. We must be determined to run the race that's ahead of us. 
So God is ad, giving us an admonishment. Get rid of anything slowing you down. So what are three main factors that slow us down? Number one, let go of your worry, your anxiety, your care. Worry is emotional garbage that hinders your progress on the road to spiritual maturity. The more you worry, the more it slows you down. Proverbs 12, <clears throat> verse 25. Worry weighs a person down. Now, you know the feeling. You've worried so much, you feel actually heavier. You feel pressed down, depressed. God says, I don't want you walking around life like that. I don't want you loaded down with burdens and cares and fear and anxiety. I want you to release it. Listen to Psalms 46, verse 10. Let go of your concerns. Then you'll know I'm God, that I rule the nations, that I rule the earth. So when I hold on to my worry, I don't get to see that God is God that rules the nation, that he's in charge. I'm acting like God isn't in control, that he doesn't care about me, and that he won't care about me. I'm actually saying, look, I think I can take better care of myself than you. I better worry about it. I better do something about it. I better be anxious about it. But I end up, not, not deliberately, but I end up playing God. God says, let go of your worries and your concerns and let me be God in your life. I'll take care of the things that are your concern in your life. You know, most of the things we worry about don't happen, most of them, right? Remember the things you worried about last year that didn't happen. Well, you need to stop worrying about them now. You know why? Because you got some new ones coming up this new year. <laughs> so you don't dare want to carry worries from last year into the new year. You're going to get new ones. Now, let me give you a couple of reasons to let worry go. Worry exhausts your energy. Psalms 55, verse 2. I'm worn out by my worries. You ever heard people call worry warts? More people are worn out by worry than by the work they do. Worry drains energy from you you need for work. And work never, I mean worry, never helps you with anything. So it takes your energy, saps your strength, it exhausts you. Secondly, it exaggerates the problem, makes it look a lot bigger than it is. Psalms 25, verse 17. My awful worries keep growing, keep getting bigger. If somebody says an unkind or critical word about you, pretty soon you start thinking the whole world is against you. See, worry is irrational, illogical. It's a terrible form of thought. It magnifies and exaggerates the problem. So worry doesn't solve problems. Just makes them bigger. And third, here's the worst one. It's just waste of time. Matthew 6, verse 27, Jesus said, okay, we'll, if he were Dr. Phil, he would say, how's it working for you? Will your worries add a single moment to your life? And the answer is no. So worry has never solved any problem in the history of the human race. So it's just a worthless waste of energy, thought, and emotion. Now, by the way, if you can do something about the problem, do it. But beyond that, there's nothing I can do. Give it to the Lord. He loves me. He's in charge of my life. The hairs on my head are numbered. That's what he says about all of us. He cares for me. Cast your care on me, for I care for you. Beyond that, I'm not going to worry about it. Well, how are we going to get that? I don't know. I'm doing what I know. Maybe I put out resumes. Maybe I make contacts with my friends. Maybe I'm looking for a job. But beyond that, it's in God's hands. So what? I'm not going to do his job. I'm not going to worry about it. But I am going to do what I'm responsible for. 
right? Okay. Is this hard? I, uh, this is easy. Okay. So God says, let go of your worries. It's unhealthy, it's unreasonable, and it's unhelpful. And it doesn't work. And some people just worry about it. If they get a wart or a mole, oh, my God, it's stage four. I've probably got melanoma. I'm going to die. I had an aunt like that. Every time she coughed, felt a knot, a lump, or a spot on the skin, she is dying. Uh, I, I, I mean, a, what do you call it, a hypochondriac? I mean, every, everything was fatal. Everything. That's stupid. That's just crazy. I put my, my life in the hand of Almighty God who made me and loves me, says I have a great plan for you. I never leave you, forsake you. He's not going to forsake you because you lost your job. He's not going to forsake you because the doctor says, well, we don't know. It might be malignant. Yeah, well, it might not be. And if it is, it may be caught early and I'll, I'll live. Well, what if he doesn't? I'll die and meet Jesus. That's what I signed up for. What, what am I going to worry about? I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to worry about it at all. Some of you need to stop it. Just a good old stop it, two good words. Maybe you're worried about your health, your finances, maybe your marriage, maybe stock market, I don't know. But you need to be specific, you know. What are you worried about? You can't deal with something vague in general. You need to be specific. And here's the key. This is true for all of us. Most of us, and usually all people, never recognize all the emotional baggage they carry. We almost never see it in ourselves. Other people have to see it in us. You know, a lot of problems people have with friends, parents, husband, or wife are often, not always, but often caused by previous relationships you never resolved. You just brought that last bad marriage into the new marriage. You just brought your same problems with that last job into the new job, and nothing's going to get better. You didn't resolve it. God says, let it go. Get rid of the drag. Now, here are two fundamental truths about life. It almost always takes somebody else to point out the junk you're carrying. Almost always. Secondly, it almost always takes a confrontation in love with somebody who loves you enough to say, what are you doing? This is madness. Stop it. Let this thing go. Because we just don't see it in ourselves. And that's why we need people. That's why we need community. That's why each of us needs each other. You need at least couple of people, intimate, godly people that you trust, that you have in your life, who love you enough to tell you the truth. So God, what does God want me to do? Psalms 55, he says, give your worries to the Lord. He will take care of you. God says, give it to me. I'll take care of them. Okay, now a solution. How do you let go of your cares and worries? There's only one way in the universe to do it for a believer. You don't get rid of worry through therapy or diets or pills or seminars. You get rid of worry by prayer. You pray about it. It's simple. If you prayed more, you worry less. And you're always going to do one or the other. Jesus said men ought always to pray, not to faint. Those are the only two choices. And God says, I want you to pray. So you're going to pray or worry. The more you worry, the less you pray. The more you pray, the less you worry. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, Message Bible. Instead of worrying, get drunk. Oh, I'm sorry. That's for some of you, yeah. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worry into prayer, letting God know your concern. Before you know it, I mean it isn't like instant, but before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness will come and settle you down. It's, a, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So before you waste any more time in the new year, 
Stop and let go of your worry. Pray about it. Now, when you pray about it, you interrupt that chain of thought dominating you, and you actually feel momentary release. And each time it comes back to you, it could be working in the middle of a day, it could come at different times, pray again. I quote scripture out loud when I pray. I ask the Lord what I'd like him to do, how to intervene, but I put it in his hands. But I pray about it so knowing that I've been proactive, that I've done something, that God hears my prayer, that he tells me I always to pray and not to worry, then I realize I feel better. I, I don't worry as much about it. You could be anxious about all kind of stuff that happens to you or worrying about what might happen to you. What will we do if? What will we do if? I don't know. What's the worst thing could happen to you? You die. What's, what then? Well, you be with Jesus. Is that all that bad? We've made death this bad thing. Jesus came to take away the fear of death. He destroyed death, hell, and the grave. He destroyed judgment, condemnation, guilt, shame. What am I worried about? Go ahead, make my day. Some of you worry too much. Stop it. Let God be God in your life. Give your care to him. And you say, well, Rick, I did it once, but I'm worrying again. Well, pray again. You may have to do it several times in a day, especially when you're really tense about something. Yeah, pray about it. Get with your spouse. Pray together. You know, when you're going home in the car, pray. It doesn't take a long seven-hour prayer. You can just pray in a few minutes between red lights and just come into agreement. Sometimes somebody will call on the way home. Somebody's at home with the flu. Just come down with it. We pray it won't spread through the family. Cindy and I just pray out loud. We rebuke this foul infection. We command it to stop. Now, I can't make anything stop, but I've got some spiritual authority to throw at it. So that's better than, oh, I just hope they don't get it. I just hope. Pray. Pray about it. Some of you, you'd get off your phone and pray. You'd get more results. Okay. And you don't have to pray in King James English either. You just, just talk to God like you talk to your best friend or your wife when you're mad. Anyway, second, <laughs> let go of your wounds and your offenses, those things that hurt you. There are a lot of things that hurt us in life. Maybe somebody you love lied to you last year. Maybe you got dumped for somebody else. Maybe a promise was broken. A trust was betrayed. Maybe you were wounded by being devalued, overlooked, and rejected. So a lot of things can wound us or offend us, but God says, let it go. Psalms 109, verse 22. My heart is wounded within me. Internal wounds are a lot more serious than external wounds. They take longer to heal. So you don't remember all the cuts and scrapes and gashes you got on a playground as a kid, but I'll bet everybody in this room can remember all the way back to your childhood something negative said to you, about you, by a parent, a step-parent, a coach, a teacher. Somebody said something, and even though you may now be past that, you remember it. You remember that. You don't remember the cuts and scrapes, but what happens when we're wounded internally? Now, why do we remember emotional wounds longer? Because we rehearse them in our mind over and over and over. We keep replaying the tape. Rewind, <coughs> replay. Rewind, replay. Over and over. And that's dumb because your past is over. It's past. People who hurt me in the past can't hurt me now unless I allow it. <coughs> and you allow them to do it by rehearsing the offense over and over in your mind. You got to stop that. You have a choice. Every time you rehearse a wound, you allow somebody from the past to control and inflict pain on you in your future. 
Now, rehearsing a wound or an offense is called resentment. It means to cut again, to cut again. Every time I resent something, I cut myself again. I reopen the wound. You are perpetuating the pain. And worse, it doesn't hurt that person. It just hurts you. So declare you're not going to recut yourself. Well, my husband left me with the... Listen, it's terrible. But if you're in community and you love God, he said, I'll be a husband to you. God's got friends that can help you. And quit just damning everything and everybody and believe for something better for the future. God's not... God can can make a man blind. If he can open a blind eye. You remember Shallow Howl movie? God can make him see something you don't think he sees. I'm just playing with you a little bit. But it's true. Somebody just find you very appealing and beautiful. You you just you just limit God. I got a big God. I think I don't care if I got three kids or four kids and 14 stretch marks. He can put somebody in my life that loves me. You need a bigger God. Some of you got a little pygmy God. Well, I don't think, I think God could have done it when I was 25, but I don't know now. I've been married once or twice, and I've got a couple of kids, and nobody will want me. See, look what you've done to yourself. Your words bring life or death. You stop that. You stop that right now. You're dragging a big chain ball behind you, trying to go through life and wondering why you can't fly. So declare you're not going to recut yourself again. Psalms 37, verse 8. Let go of anger. Leave your rage behind. Don't be preoccupied. It only leads to evil. Don't let your mind repeatedly return to the scene of the crime. I love that translation. So who hurt you from 2017 that you need to let go of so you can get on with your future? How do you let go of your wounds? Only one way. Forgive. That's it. How do you get, how do you get rid of worry? Pray. How do you get rid of the disappointment, rejection, wounds, and offense? You choose to forgive. And it's not an emotion. It's a choice. There's no other antidote to hurt and pain. You can get all the therapy you want, go to all the counselors you want, read all the books you can. But if you get well, it'll be only because you chose to forgive. You don't forgive people for their benefit anyway. You do it for your benefit. And maybe maybe you're tempted to say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, I agree with you, but neither do you. Neither do I. And God forgave you. So he says, forgive them as Christ forgave you. It's not an emotion. It's just a choice. I remember when we walked into our house this past year, 40 years of gifts and jewelry and uh, anniversaries and uh, wedding anniversaries and birthdays stolen. And then I just had my birthday and had gifts from friends all over the world gone. Every single valuable thing we had, but the cat and the dog, were gone. You don't think I was mad? You don't think I wanted to kill? Well, I thought you were a Christian. I am a Christian. I was wanted to kill uh, in Jesus' name. I wanted, to, I wanted a piece of somebody bad. But when I discovered after everything we could do that was legal, everything we, we is no way to get it back, no fingerprints, nothing, no, no, no recovery, all I could do is say, Lord... And I remember I did it, I did it that night, and I did it the next day. I choose to forgive the people that did this, let it be on their own head, but I hold no bitterness against them. I choose to forgive them, and I didn't have any emotion about it. I'm trying to let you see if, if the flesh me could have 
it, I would make Darth Vader look like Walt Disney, all right? <laughs> Ask my wife. I'm a passionate man, the good or the bad. And I'm, I'm telling you, but I did it because Jesus said to do it. It's for your benefit. I'll let them go. I'm not going to be captive to those guys or a bunch of stuff. And I'll let it go. And then I just began to believe like you. Scripture says the thief shall restore sevenfold. So what I did, I prayed and I forgave. I did exactly what you're supposed to do. My life isn't going to be determined by somebody stealing a, an expensive watch or piece of jewelry. It's not going to make my life happy or sad. Made me mad, but, it, but I got over that. And I haven't thought about it until I just brought it up to you in this sermon. I hadn't even thought about it. Uh, it's beyond me. It doesn't hold me back. It's no drag to my life. If you can't get over betrayal, a divorce, something like that, you're going to be a victim all your life. And you're going to be taxiing on a runway and you can't fly. You, you're going to have to get rid of all that drag. Listen to Job 18 verse 4. You're only hurting yourself with your anger. For your own good, let it go. Ephesians 4 verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. No more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ. See, forgive others as Christ forgave you. I didn't deserve it, but he forgave me. Somebody else doesn't deserve it. I choose to forgive them. So who do you need to forgive? We could be here a long time this morning. Mm -hmm. That's why you need Jesus too. He can give you the strength to do what you can't do on your own. I watched the guy in the movie Unbroken. I, I, his mind is Italian. And he was captive by the Japanese, tortured and beaten. When the war was over and they were freed, they put all those camp guards on trial and put them in a prisoner of war uh, penitentiary. And this guy came on back home, became an alcoholic, an abusive husband, and he went, obviously was not a Christian. His wife, who was, encouraged him to go with her to the young Billy Graham under a tent in San Francisco. He went, and he accepted Jesus. He, the big, big issue with him was forgiveness. He chose to forgive his enemies. He began to share his testimony, and he ultimately was given the opportunity to go back to Japan to the prisoner of war uh, jail where all those guards were that abused him and beat him and share what happened to him through Jesus. And there's video on it. You can Google it and see watching many of those guards cry as he forgave them publicly and then embraced them, each one. Only Jesus could allow you to do that. And, and it wasn't so much about him as it, the impact Jesus through him had on those pagan guards, that they too wanted to be changed and different. So sometimes your problem isn't so much about you, it's a people who are going to be affected by you and what happened to you. So don't waste your pain. Psalms 147, verse 3, God heals the brokenhearted and bandages up their wounds. So that's what God says he's willing to do for you. So let go of your worries. Let go of your wounds and offenses. And third, let go of your own sin, failure, and wrongs. See, your sins, your regret, your failure, those things you wish hadn't happened that you feel shameful and guilty about, don't carry that load of guilt anymore. When Jesus went to the cross, he took my judgment. He took my shame. He took my guilt and condemnation, and God laid on him the iniquity of us all. So since he now says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions, I will remember them no more. Then why should I keep holding on 
to an affair I had as a married person. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you committed a criminal felony and went to prison for it. We've had several part of this church. And my big deal to them is say, that's your past. That's not who you are now. That's not your future. That's who you were. You, if God's forgiven that, you must forgive that and forget it. My goodness, why would you want to carry around your file when God says, I don't have any record of it? It's not in the FBI. It's not in NASA. It's not in the CIA. I got no record of it. And you dragging it around, groveling over, oh, how wicked I was, how bad I was. That's why Jesus went to the cross, so we could have grace. You say, well, it just doesn't seem fair. I know, any great? I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it, but it's called grace. <clears throat> so don't walk around with guilt, shame, and condemnation. Let me tell you why. Guilt disconnects you, not literally, but it makes you feel disconnected from God. You feel detached. But guess who moved? God didn't move, you moved. What, when guilt came on Adam because he did what God told him not to do, what did God say? Adam, where are you? God didn't go anywhere. Adam went and hid. He felt detached from God because of that shame and guilt. Isaiah 59 verse 2, your wrongs have separated you from God and your sins have made him hide his face. So guilt disconnects you from God. That's why it's a great weapon of Satan to beat you and beat you and beat you. And then the more you feel guilty and the more you keep talking about your guilt and talking about your failure, and what you're really doing is a Protestant penance. I'm trying to, to earn and deserve God's mercy and favor because I am so abhorrible. If I just keep beating myself up more and more and more, then God will know I'm genuine and love me. And God is saying, you're nuts. I've already punished you in Jesus. I've already paid for that sin in Jesus. You've been justified. You've got a parole. You are fully pardoned. There is no record on any legal document where you are guilty. It's sponged. It's gone. And you're walking around thinking you're doing a favor by beating yourself up and feeling guilty about it. Stop it. Stop it. You don't understand grace. And it's the beauty of the cross. And so guilt disconnects you from God. Secondly, guilt depresses you. Psalms 32, 3. When I refused to confess my sins, I was weak and miserable and groaned all day long. See, and nothing makes you feel more miserable than hidden guilt. So it's impossible to be happy and guilty at the same time. You can mask guilt in a lot of different ways. You can drink it away. A lot of people will tonight. You can take drugs, sexual escapades. You can stay busy, lots of ways. But all the while, it's still there. You're still miserable. I've heard guilty people say to me, this thing is killing me. Ever heard that? Guilt depresses your soul and your mood. And God doesn't want you carrying guilt. Number three, guilt dominates your mind. Psalms 51, 3. I know all about my wrongs and I cannot forget my sins. It just keeps popping back up. Okay, how do you get rid of your wrongs? There's only one way. If prayer is the only way to get rid of worry... And forgiveness is the only way to get rid of an offense or wound and hurt. Then the only way to let go of guilt is simple confession. It's simply admitting to God you're wrong. You don't justify it. You don't make excuses for it. You just admit it. God, you're right. I'm wrong. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wrongs we have done. And notice all wrongs, not some of them. I will forgive them all. Ever been fishing 
and get your line tangled down under the water and work with it and worry, trying to save your lure on the end of it. Well, professional fishermen never spend a whole day trying to untangle a fishing line. They just cut it off and put on a new line and go after the fish. They're not going to waste time. So stop struggling with your worries, your wounds, and offenses and wrongs. Stop trying to fix the blame and trying to decide who did what and what their part was and what your part was. Forget, cut the line, right? Then through confession, forgiveness, and prayer, simply start over. Ralph Waldo Will, uh, Emerson wrote this to his daughter. She was depressed over a major failure she had made. And he said, honey, finish every day and be done with it. You've done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. Begin it well and serenely with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. This new day is too dear with all of its hopes and invitations to waste another moment on yesterday. And boy, that's true. What does God say? Forget those things that are behind and press forward to the prize in Christ Jesus. Remember not the former things, Isaiah 43. They've come to pass. Would you let them pass? Behold, I do a new thing. And there's no better time than the beginning of a new year to accept the grace of God. Psalms 51, verse 1 and 2. God, be merciful to me because you are loving. Wipe out all my wrongs. Wash away all my guilt. Make me clean again. You want divine spot removal? There it is, the blood of Jesus. Wipe out all my wrongs. Now, there's no spot remover, but the blood of Jesus can take that out, and God says, I'll do it. And so you can begin a new year and a new life. Give those worries, those wounds and wrongs to Jesus, and give him your life. If you're a believer, what's your next step for the new year? January 1 does not really mean a new year for anybody in this room. It is when you start something new in your life that you get a new year. Does that make sense? It's, yeah, it's just for some of you, if you don't get rid of the drag, it's just going to be another same old, same old year because you're dragging the same old bondage and baggage. But for others who make a choice to let some stuff go, hey, this is going to be a new year and it can start today. You don't have to wait to January 1. So don't procrastinate. If you need to be baptized as a believer, don't wait 30 years. Do it now. If you need to join the church, take a new member class, sign up today. If you need to begin tithing, start now or get into a small group or volunteer your gift in some area of service. Make that commitment today. The Bible says don't boast about tomorrow. Your life's just a vapor. You don't know what a day may bring forth. So while I have my sanity and I have the ability to choose, I'm going to make that commitment now. If you need to receive Jesus, ask him today. Decide to run a good race this year and let go of everything holding you back. So if you want to be a good soul pilot, you need to clean up the aircraft. Get rid of the drag. Have you ever seen them pull a ship out of the water and put it in dry dock? And they'll scrape the barnacles off the bottom because it increases drag and fuel consumption. And so they will clean it every year so it runs efficiently it runs faster because they got rid of the drag what's dragging you down god's word is let it go 
so that you can soar high and fast in this new year. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Maybe you're carrying some drag today from this past year and you need to let it go. And you know you need to let it go. You don't need me to tell you that. But you say, Rick, would you remember me in that prayer today? I want a new beginning and a new year. And I want to get rid of this stuff holding me back. If that's you, just slip a hand up and take it down. Nobody will bother you. Good. Be honest. God bless you. God's plan is a delight for you to prosper you, to do you good and not evil. But man, if you're carrying all this baggage, you just can't go fast and you can't go far and you can't climb. You're going to be way too slow. Decide I'm going to let it go. Man, what a good feeling that is. If you've never accepted Jesus, do it now. Invite him into your heart. He, he is a no respecter of people. I know he knows your past. He knows your future. He loves you anyway. And if you'll invite him, he'll come right into your heart. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior or you're not sure, could I include you in my prayer? Nobody will bother you. Just want to know to pray. Just slip a hand up and take it down. Say, Rick, include me in that prayer. What a great one. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. This is going to be a real good new year for you, a new beginning. God says, I'm going to make you a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are becoming new. This is a great moment in time. But remember, cut the drag. And maybe you need to talk to a wife or a husband and say, honey, you need to let that go. You heard Rick talking about it. You know you should. Let's agree to cut it off. We're going to let God determine our future, not what somebody did, not what somebody should have done. We're going to trust that God's in charge and nothing can stop me from his destiny for my life. As long as I don't drag stuff, I should be letting go. I'm going to pray a simple prayer, and I want everybody to pray. Everybody pray so my friends can pray as well. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. You paid my debt, and you rose from the dead. Your word declares there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. So I rebuke condemnation, guilt, and shame that the adversary uses against me. My sins are forgiven. They will be remembered no more. Lord, come into my heart today as my Savior, my life giver. Help me fulfill your purpose for my life in my generation. Help me to see drag that's on my life. Help me be open to a friend who can see what's holding me back. And help me be responsive to it so I can fulfill my highest destiny and my greatest potential. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How about a good shout of praise <laughs> to Jesus? Amen and amen. Uh, would you hand me, honey, under my phone? I wrote a prayer, and I want to pray a prayer over this congregation and uh, for us for a brand new 2018. Be all right if I pray? I just sat down and 
jotted this down. Would you bow your head with me right now in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you that you make all things new. Thank you for all that you've allowed into our lives, the good and the bad, that remind us always how much we need you and rely on your presence filling us every single day. We pray for your spirit to lead us each day of this new year. We ask you will guide our decisions and turn our hearts to desire you above all else. We ask that you will open doors that should be open and shut doors that ought to be shut. We ask that you would help us release our grip on things to which you've said no or not yet or wait. We ask help to pursue first above every dream and desire you've put in our heart. We ask for your wisdom, for your strength and power to be constantly present within us. We pray you would make us strong and courageous for the new year. Give us ability beyond what we feel able. Let your gifts flow freely through us so you would be honored by our lives and others would be drawn to you. We pray for your protection over our families and our friends. We ask for your hand to cover us and keep us distanced from the evil intent of our adversary and that you would be a barrier to surround us so we're safe in your hands. We pray you'll give us discernment and insight beyond our years to understand your will, to hear your voice, and to know your ways. We ask that you would keep our footsteps firm on solid ground, helping us to be consistent and faithful. Give us supernatural endurance to stay the course. Forgive us when we've worked so hard to be self-sufficient, forgetting our ultimate need for you. Maybe living independent of your spirit. Forgive us for letting fear and worry control our minds and for allowing pride and selfishness to wreak havoc over our lives. We confess our need to you afresh. We ask that you make all things new in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives for this coming new year. Keep your words of truth planted deeply within our hearts and mind and help us stay focused on what is pure and right. Give us the power to be obedient to your word. And when the enemy reminds us of where we've been, we trust that your voice and word speaks louder and stronger as you remind us who we are in you and that we are safe in you and that our purposes and plans will not fail. We ask that you would be our defense and our rear guard. We ask that you would provide for all of our needs. We ask for your grace and favor. We pray for your blessings to cover us. We pray that you would help us to prosper and make every plan you birthed in our heart to succeed. We pray that others would take notice of your goodness and divine favor upon our lives and actually say, these are the ones the Lord has blessed. Help us to be known as great givers Help us to be generous and kind. Help us to look to the needs of others before being consumed by our own need. May all of us be lovers of truth, and may the fruit of your Spirit be evident in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Shine your light in us, through us, and over us. May we make a difference in this world for your glory and for your purpose. Set your way before us, and may we reflect your peace and hope to a world desperately that needs your presence and healing. To you be glory and honor in this brand new year. 
and forever, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Thanks for joining us today, and may God richly bless you. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.